Still, at Swanburn, when it was your birthday, everyone knew it. The day began with gifts and a song, and there were friends close at hand to share jokes and make a fuss. Even the sternest teachers and the brash older girls with whom you hardly dared to speak smiled at you in a special knowing way your whole birthday long. Nevertheless, it is my birthday, even if no one knows it but me. Penelope confided to her bedchamber mirror as she readied herself for the day ahead by brushing her hair into its customary neat bun. I am sixteen years old, at last. Curious, she examined her fingers and wiggled her toes. At sixteen, they seemed no different than before, nor did the mirror show any evidence of transformation. Her drab, dark hair, her clear grey-green eyes, her brow that was prone to furrowing in deep concentration, especially when there was a mystery to be solved, all seemed unchanged by the momentous nature of the day. Yet a page on the calendar had turned, and here she was, sixteen. To Penelope, it sounded quite grown up, never mind that she spent most of her waking hours in a nursery full of toys, which was understandable since she was, in fact, a governess. Now, some of you may be tempted to feel sorry for Penelope, for what could be sadder than to have a birthday that no one knows about? Recall that she was not without companions at Ashton Place. She was on cordial terms with Mrs. Clark, the head housekeeper, and was equally fond of Margaret, the good-hearted and squeaky-voiced housemaid. There was no question that Penelope was liked and admired by all the household staff. Even so, in Miss Lumley's day, to be a governess in a grand estate was a lonely job. She was not counted among the servants, for she was an educated person and had no household duties other than tending to the children. Yet she was in no way the equal of her employers. She was rudely ordered about by Lady Constance and could be dismissed from her position with a word. In short, in a world where a person's place in society was either high or low, Penelope was somewhere in between. It made it difficult to feel real friendship with anyone, at least in the free and easy way she had once had with the girls at Swanburn, where one poor bright female was no better or worse than any other. For this, and perhaps some other reasons, the people to whom she felt closest at Ashton Place were her pupils, Alexander, Beowulf, and Cassiopeia Incorrigible, the three wards of Lord Frederick Ashton. The children had been found barking and yapping in the forest during one of Lord Frederick's frequent hunting expeditions. Their puppyish behaviour was a consequence of having been raised by wolves, although, as Penelope had discovered, they may have had some human help as well. The incorrigibles adored their lama woo, as they called her, little howling owls often snuck into the children's ways of talking due to the wolfish influence of their early years. But they were still children, which was not quite the same as Penelope having friends her own age. In any case, she was much too kind-hearted to have told the incorrigibles about her birthday for one simple reason. She did not know when the children's birthdays were, and neither, she assumed, did they, and she would never want to hurt their feelings by drawing attention to that fact. After all, an uncelebrated birthday is not nearly as bad as never having a birthday at all, she thought. Poor incorrigibles. It would be terribly unkind of me to make a fuss about turning sixteen, given the circumstances. Still thinking, she closed the door of her bedchamber behind her and headed toward the nursery. Anyway, 
Presents can be such a nuisance. All those bits of torn wrapping paper to tidy up. And if one does not get presents, one does not have to bother writing thank you notes, which saves both time and ink. As you can see, it was Penelope's nature to try to cheer herself up when feeling glum. No birthday cards means no danger of paper cuts. No cake means I will have a good appetite for supper. And no birthday candles greatly reduces the risk of accidental fire. Really, I am quite lucky to be spared all that bother. If there is anyone for whom one ought to feel sorry, it is the children. Even if they did know when their birthdays were, I am quite sure the wolves in the forest would not have had the slightest notion of how to throw a decent party. Eureka! For those of you unfamiliar with the term, Eureka is what to exclaim when you have discovered something worth shouting about. It was an ancient Greek scholar named Archimedes who first shouted Eureka.